Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest author Megan Quinn. Welcome to the Audiobook Loving Series, Megan. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you and get to know you better. Why don't we start yeah. by <laughs> why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing, and how you got started? So I actually started writing. Um, well, first of all, most important thing, I'm a mother of two young, young children. <laughs> and um wife, I live in I have wife. I have a wife. We live in Colorado Springs. And, um, my favorite thing in the world is peanut butter. I literally just downed like a little packet of it before I got, um, on here with you. (laughs) And, um, I first started writing when I was in 2012 and I actually wasn't planning to be an author. I was uh, working in the sports business and doing, um, like event planning and stuff like that in the sports field. And I was commuting an hour and 20 minutes to work one way. And I just started, it was before podcasts and before Spotify and, you know, all the cool stuff that keeps you busy now. Um, and I would just listen to music and think about the books I was reading. Cause I was like, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> and so, um, I started thinking about the books so much that I was like, Oh, maybe I should write my own. And, um, that's kind of where it all stemmed together. But I didn't self-publish until a year later because I would query some agents and they were like, you're not for us. And I was like, okay. And then my mom was like, you should self-publish like that. You know, I've heard Amazon does it or whatever. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll check it out. And I actually accidentally published. I thought I was just saving a draft, but I hit publish. And the next day, you know, like you get to work and you're like, oh. I cannot function just yet. Let me mm-hmm. just goof around for like the first 10 minutes. Yep, so I, I checked that. my, per- yeah, <laughs> I checked my personal email and it was like, congratulations, you, you published your book. And I was like, excuse me. And it was, it said, check your sales. And I was like, oh, don't mind if I do. And so <laughs> I, I checked them out and it said that I sold three books. I was like, what on earth? And I, and like three books in a matter of like, I don't know, 12 hours. And, and I call, I texted my mom immediately. He's like, oh, mom, did you buy my book? She's like, what are you talking about? I didn't even know you published. And I was like, oh my God, three sales of people who don't even know me. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all started. And then, you know, just kind of blossomed from there. <laughs> I love how you're like, mom, did you buy my book three times? <laughs> we yeah. always think, right. That it's our parents supporting us, but Hey, sometimes it's complete utter strangers. Yeah, it was. <laughs> was that like the final draft that you were just saving it in case you were changing your mind about publishing at all? Or was it one of those that still had not been fully finalized? It was the final draft, but when I was talking to my wife about it, we really wanted to make sure that I had like a Facebook page, a website, like everything ready because I knew at least at that time, like I have struggled. I have learned so many things along the way just from, um, you know, trial and error, but I knew 
I knew as a reader that one of the things I enjoyed when I was reading authors' books is like, I like to go to their website and I like to check their Facebook page to see, you know, like what other books they had and stuff like that. So I was like, I need those. And so I was waiting until we finished that up. And then um, I, when I got home, I was, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's published. What are we doing? I have three sales. Oh my God, what's happening? And so then like, we quickly like finished up my website and my Facebook page that night. We were in the dining room table or at the dining room table in our like small town home. And Steph had her computer open and I had my computer open and I was like, are we doing this? Is this what's happening? Steph's like, I think, I think it is. Like, I think we have to go forward. And so then no one knew that I was writing a book besides um, my family and maybe like two friends. And so we announced it on our like personal Facebook pages and had people like my, our, our um, I'm sorry, our personal profiles. And we had people like, or invited people to like my Facebook page. And I remember when we hit like a hundred likes, I was like, oh my God. We are doing it. So, and they were all just like friends and family or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think one of my, I think I know who one of my first purchases ever really is. Yes. Because she wrote me an email saying that like she read the book and it was like close to time frame of someone purchasing and, and reading. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she said, Oh, and she liked it. And I, I have met her several times and in person and she's just, she's so lovely. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's kind of crazy how it all, how it all started. And it was sheer panic at the beginning because <laughs> we were like, what's going on? And so I was like, what are you doing? What did you publish? I was like, I didn't think I did. It's a total blonde moment. So <laughs> Well, I mean, there's, I mean, I've been on the back end of, of Kindle and, and uploading files for, for authors and stuff. And it's, yeah, it can be a bit like, are you seriously? Like I already pressed the button. What do you mean? It didn't save or whatever, you know? So yeah, it could be a little bit frustrating, but it all went well. It seems obviously now how many books later? (laughs) I know like over 50, I think. And I just did like my, I had to do like some sales stuff and it just did, um, that I was like over 3.6 million units sold and so I thought that was like a huge accomplishment compared to like just the three where I started out. Oh, absolutely. But I'm sure that feeling of, oh my God, oh my God, it's release day still happens even after 50 books. Oh, every time I think it's going to be a flop, <laughs> even though I know that the book is good. I always have this like feeling in the back of my head that, you know, something's, I didn't do something right. Something's going to go wrong. Someone like, maybe I missed something in the book that wasn't, you know, that I shouldn't have written or something like that. Like I always fear that something is going to go wrong and it isn't until probably two weeks later where I finally calm down and I'm, and I'm good to go. <laughs> wow. So two weeks after the release itself. Yeah. That's how I can usually base off a, a release on how it, how it's going is two okay. weeks. If I can look at those two weeks and be like, if it matches up with the average book, in the last like a year or so, then it's good. Cause sometimes I'll have books that do like extremely better. Yeah. And then there's some books that I'm like, wow, that one sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, it just, you know, it depends. So I usually take um, the, the average of 
you know, how well a book does. And I base it off of that. And, um, cause if I reach for the stars every single time, if I think that it's going to be like as great as a not to meet cute, I like, that's just setting myself up for failure. That's, you know, it's just not how it works. <laughs> and it all so, depends. Yeah. And there's so many variables between, you know, if, if you know, the, the reader's mood, if they're a mood reader, um, if they have other things up in the, in the queue first, and if they were not even aware for whatever reason that you had something else coming up, there's so many variables. There's so many. And that also comes down to a lot of stuff comes down to environmental too. So you're talking about who you're releasing with, you know, but also what's going on in the world, you know, that is very much like, I, 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 I had so many new readers during the pandemic and I don't know if it's because people were trying to escape from like what was going on. People had extra time, you know, or what, but I gained a lot of new readership during the pandemic. And, you know, that is kind of very much environmental and, you know, what's happening in the world. So it really just depends on, there's so many different variables and you can't repeat anything. You know, you just have to hope that you did everything right. And, and appreciate yourself for finishing a freaking book, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that you're doing rather well in the sense of the readers. Anytime a question is asked, whether it's about, hey, you know, what's a good book to start off? I mean, in a funny mood or I want something, this and that and everything. Your name pops up a lot. So it's always, and it's always on positive stuff. So that's good to hear. I always <laughs> say like when I first started this journey, I, Cause my, I would talk to my parents about it. My dad was an entrepreneur and um, I kind of get like that, that drive from, from him. And I said, like, my goal for all of this is to make people laugh, to entertain them and to help them escape from whatever situation they might be in, that they just need like a timeout, you know? And that's probably the greatest gift, you know, upon doing everything with this author um, business is getting those messages from readers who are like, I'm in the hospital with my son, you know, he has, he has cancer or something like that. And I read your book and it, and just helped me through like this moment or, you know, I just lost my father and your book helped me connect. And there's so many messages that I get that are so heartfelt and, and so life-changing that, um, I truly feel like I know that I'm in the right place you know, in the right time and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's definitely um, the same similar stories that when we have that conversation with the readers and the listeners, he's like, yeah, I wanted something funny. And, and I knew that automatically that means it's a Megan book. I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm also known as a palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah. Yep. When they've been, I've been told several times. <laughs> yes. When they've been into really dark romance too often lately, they're like, I need a palate cleanser. And, and, and people yeah. are like, Megan. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't mind ahead. it. I, you know, I should, <laughs> I should write that on like my branding. Megan Quinn palette cleanser. <laughs> hey, you have to own it, right? It's how you, you know, I, uh, you gotta own it. I should like, I should hand out like mints at signings and be like, here's your Megan Quinn palette cleanser. Absolutely. I am not marketing on this good enough. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I mean, you could totally like I can see other types of swag too, even a mug, you know, kind of a thing. You want to need, need a palate cleanser? Megan Quinn's your yeah. girl. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Need a, a, a mood lifter? Don't go for the pills. Grab a Megan book. Yeah. <laughs> Get the pills. Yeah. <laughs> go for Megan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Aside from making people 
feel better and laugh. What is it about the genre that you write, which is primarily rom-com and contemporary romance that you love about it so much? I have been such a love freak for, I don't know how long. (laughs) I, I freaking love romance. I love, like I grew up watching musicals and romantic comedies. And to the point that like during high school, my friends would be like, Megan, we're going out. And I was just too, I was the goody two shoes. I was like, I know that you guys will have alcohol and that's not for me. So um, (laughs) I would stay home and I would sit between my parents. Well, first of all, we would go to Blockbuster. My parents would let me pick out any movie I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd bring it home and sit between my parents on a Friday night, you know, and you have popcorn or, you know, whatever, sometimes ice cream. And I just watch those romantic comedies and I freaking love them. They made me so happy. And I've just always loved the aspect of people meeting up, people finding a connection, that relationship building. And oh my God, I love a total disastrous breakup. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I love the anxiety that goes with it, the heartache. It's it's just so wonderful. And then when I love a breakup. And then when people, when you get that happily ever after, you know, at the end, it's, there's just like a formula to it that makes me happy. And I honestly couldn't imagine doing anything else. And it's the love has been there for so long. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember those days um, going to Blockbuster and going up and down the aisles and being, and being given that you pick a movie. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I get to pick a movie. Mm-hmm. I recently found a blockbuster card in some of my stuff. I'm like, oh, someone kept it. Okay, mom, thanks. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I actually read a really cute romance story um, on your website, which is how you met your wife. And I love that so much. Oh, yeah. your, your dedication to like, I'm going to get her to like me. So for those that not may not know this, it's on her website. But Megan, can you tell us that lovely romance that happened to you in real life? Oh, yeah. So I um, wasn't looking for love. <laughs> like a lot of us. You know, I, um, I actually had a full ride scholarship for softball. And I uh, went to school in New York. And it was my junior, it was my summer going into my junior year. And it was the first summer that I decided to stay where I was going to school. And I was like, I'm going to get a job. Cause I didn't really have a job ever. Cause I just played softball and my parents weren't happy about it. You know, they wanted me home, but mm-hmm. I was like, I need to like do something for myself. Like I need to be a big girl here. And so I got a job at friendlies, which is an ice cream, uh, like restaurant with lots of ice cream. And I was so excited <laughs> to start my first job. I was that girl. I was the bubbly blonde who walked in and was like, here we go. Like, I can't wait to learn how to scoop ice cream. Show me all the things. And so the manager brought me into the fountain area and he's like, all right, you're going to be training. And uh, this is, this is Stephanie and Stephanie found, she turns around and, oh, like, the scowl on her face. <laughs> she was not thrilled to be training me. And um, not because I was just this bubbly blonde and stuff is more like dry sense humor and um, just not the bubbly type at all. Like we're complete opposites, but she was a server and you make a lot more money as a server than in Fountain. 
And so she just wasn't thrilled to be training me. And I'm like overly excited. I'm like, oh, wow, this is ice cream. This is so exciting. And um, she just hated everything. She was kind of like mean at one point and she'll deny it to this day. She'll say this never happened. But um, her friend Jill, who's now our like obviously mutual friend, came up to her and she's like, hey, hey, like, how's it going? And they were talking about some party they were going later to later that night. And she's like, what are you up to? And stuff. And I'm like six feet away, something like that. And stuff's like, oh, I have to train this stupid girl today. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what did I do wrong? Like I didn't do anything wrong. And so I'm that person who needs everyone to like her. Mm-hmm. So I um, decided in that moment that by the time I was done with this summer, she was going to like me. And I think I took it too far because now we're married. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was a enemies to lovers, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that is so adorable. It's one of those where, again, you said opposites, complete opposites. And just that's that little bit of a snark when I read that, I was like, oh, she had a smirk. And then when she said with her friends, I'm like, damn, harsh, but I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. She's like a tough, she's a very tough one to please, but if you get her on your side, she's loyal mm-hmm. to death. Like yeah. she and super protective. It's funny. Cause I, I talked to Amy Dawes about, you know, different things that stuff does. And Amy Dawes is like, Oh my God, she's so alpha. Like <laughs> she says she has big dick energy. <laughs> and then like, I sit back and think about it and I'm like, she does. Yeah. That <laughs> she is, freaking does. That so. is a, that, that's a good little there. Amy Dawes. It sounds exactly like her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I was telling her. And then she was like, oh, Megan. And I was like, oh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good to have yeah, those people in your life that um, are a little bit harder to please. You work a little harder and you're there. You know, you kind of have to have better expectations of yourself. Um, in order to yeah. just continue to improve on anything and, but the loyalty is huge too, you know? So that's oh, yeah. really cool. loyalty is loyalty is key in our lives. Yeah. It's, and it's rare, unfortunately, um, to find it, um, whether it's friendships or relationships and stuff like that. So when you find a good one, you keep them. I'm glad that you uh, went a little further than just friends <laughs> from that matter. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. And she tried to kick me away so many times. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm good. What's funny is that the the way that I was able to like get her to actually, you know, talk to me was I was friend of everybody at the friendlies because, you know, that's who I am. And I'm, you know, walking back and forth through the kitchen, all that different stuff, talking to people and the guys on the grill, as I'm walking by, they go, Hey, Megan, how about that game last night? talking about the Yankees game. And I was like, Oh yeah. And I like talked about Bernie Williams or, you know, whatever. And like name some names and Steph was like filling up water glasses, I think behind me. And she turns around and she goes, you like the Yankees? And I was like, yeah, I love that. I'm like, it's, you know, it, her life revolved around the Yankees for so long. And, um, I was like, yeah, they're like, I grew up loving them. And so that's how we bonded was <laughs> she's like, Oh, this girl, she's she knows names of players. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't one of those um, moments where you're like, okay, how am I going to get their attention? 
I know that they like this because, you know, we, we do that all the time. We try to impress mm-hmm. the other person just to get the conversation flowing or whatever. But uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I read that. I'm like, oh, I hope she shares that with us because it's so cute. I love it when things like that happen. And, you know, now fast forward, how many years have it been now that you guys have been together? 16. I wow, think. Nice. Yeah, 16. Yeah. See, that's yeah. Cool. So we'll celebrate the 10 year wedding anniversary uh on june 2nd and we're actually we'll actually be in i think we'll be in paris at that at that point because we're doing we're going to a signing in scotland and then from there my yeah my um french publisher asked us to hop on over because they're (laughs) going to do a pop-up signing Uh and so i was was like okay (laughs) i've always wanted to go so uh, i think we'll be in we'll be in france at that point but um, it'll be a good 10 year wedding anniversary. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting like, uh, going abroad. I've never been, but when I learned that you can take a train ride for like maybe three or four hours and you're completely in a different country. Whereas here in three hours, depending on where you're leaving Florida, you're still in state. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. might have reached halfway. So. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's 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 very interesting. I'm like, I much rather be able to get on a train and, and go to a different country and stuff like that but yeah you're going to be signing at um this is it's uh rare for edinburgh right yes 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 a lot of people have bought those tickets and are really again name dropping yours is one that always comes up when it comes on to who they're excited about meeting and things like that so so nice i'm really excited i i haven't been overseas since 2019 Mm -hmm. and i'm I did my first signing since COVID in February and I showed up to the signing um, completely unprepared. I didn't have cash. I didn't have my card swiper. I had two-year-old swag. <laughs> like what on earth, Megan? Like, do you not remember how to do a signing? And I was so embarrassed because like I was going around and this is just me personally, like no one cared, but um, I was going around to different tables. It's like, oh, everyone does such a nice job with their tables. And like, mine looks just like trash. And so I made it, I made it my mission, um, after that signing to really spice up my, my signing table and to make it more of an, a reader experience within my brand. Mm. And I worked really hard at, you know, creating, I had like my friend draw mock-ups of what my tight table would look like, <gasps> like probably like way too intense for a signing table, <laughs> but I, I love it. Love signing. I, I love signings. You get to meet the readers who, you know, who read your books and, and know a lot about you, you know, just because they read your book and it's great to sit there and talk to them and tell them, thank you. And how much you appreciate them and take a picture. And, um, I just love connecting with the readers. So the fact that we have that I'm going to so many signings this year, um, and that things are, you know, slightly better, I'm really excited to make that connection. Plus the signing table looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait to see photos. I know that again, going abroad is something that I have on my to-do list, but um, not this time around, but one of those days it talk about like, well, why do you need to go abroad? Well, there's going to be a book signing and, you know, I need to be there for my authors and stuff like that. It's a very business oriented proposition. <laughs> Nothing to do with anything else. <laughs> I did see your list. You are busy um, this year with the book signings. I was looking, I'm like, the only thing that you weren't going to that I saw was like Allure, which is in September. And I'm like, oh man, 
She's not going to a lore. I don't even know what a lore is. Girl, it is a first time con, but it's specifically only for audiobooks. Oh, see, I probably would have gone if yeah. I, I would have known. That. Yeah, no, no, definitely. <laughs> I, I honestly, I feel like I, I signed up for almost everything that was like presented to me because I really, I, I think it's the best way. Like if someone can, can meet you yeah. and if someone can see your personality and, and like that personality, then those people are going to go home and be like, oh my God, I met Megan Quinn and we had a great conversation about you know, boob squeezes or something. And it was so funny. You should read her books. And then maybe those two people pick up a book and then those two people like it. And then they tell people like word of mouth is the best way. And I think one of the best way you can present yourself is, you know, is by your personality and not like a fake personality, but you know, just who you are. So readers can get to know who they're supporting. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that is very true. I, there have been many times where I've been walking at a signing and either you see someone that may not have a, a busy table or anybody out there, but they're on their phone instead of trying to, you know, bring people in. And then there's others mm-hmm. that, you know, just, they see something that you're carrying and they're like, Oh my God. And that's how they start the conversation to get your attention. Yeah. And I have bought books from people that I authors that I have never heard of before mm-hmm. because they were so nice. And we, we, we discovered that we have something in common and, oh my God. And I'm like, which one's your, which one do you recommend for the first time of, you know, to, to pop my cherry with you? And, and then they're like, oh, this one, you know, and then there you go. And, and then they kind of, you know, again, go back to following them on social media and this and that, because it was such a good experience because it, it goes both ways. You guys are there to, yes, definitely get new readers and listeners, but we're also here to meet that person that wrote that story that we love so much and see how they are. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I also like to get like, if it depends on the reader, because sometimes you'll meet someone who is maybe more shy and that would probably be me. If I was meeting someone, I'd be super shy, but you know, and with those, with those readers, I'll, you know, ask them where they're from or, you know, what they're currently reading. I'll try to ask them a question to get them engaged. And sometimes it's like short answers. And sometimes I get them to open up a little bit, but then there's the readers who come in hot and they're like, Hey, and they're like totally extroverted and so much fun. And those are usually the readers that I'll ask more intense questions to sometimes like, you know, they'll be like, Oh, I love this book. And I'm like, what did you hate about it? You know? So, (laughs) and I like to learn from them and I like to learn and see what people didn't like if someone's like, oh, use the word moist, not in a sexual content. <laughs> but they like use the word moist. And I'm like, I know I do it on purpose. I do it to bother you guys. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Sometimes yes. I'll take like things like that. And I'll just like, as like a small joke to towards the other readers, I'll stick it in books and see if, and see if they notice, you know, that I'm not necessarily trolling, but maybe trolling a little bit. I think it's fun, you know? Yeah. But also it becomes something like, again, part of your brand that you're known for. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes almost like a little bit of a sub game in, in reading the book. Like, let's figure out which one, what did she add to this book? And you're oh, diehard so readers, many, you know? Yes. Out, I like, have so many Easter, Easter mm-hmm. eggs in my books. Like I will include characters, mentions of stores, mentions of you know, every little thing I could possibly think of from different worlds and I'll stick them, like weave them all throughout all of my books. And even there's, there's this one, oh gosh, now I can't remember what freaking book I wrote it in, but so the locker room, um, that their breakup is like eight years 
And sorry for anyone who, spoiler alert, sorry, but I do it through text messages. Their first text messages are like, you know, pretty long, but as time goes on, you see the text messages get smaller and smaller and smaller until it's just like a simple happy birthday. And it's devastating. And it's one of my favorite things, (laughs) but I, the complaints I got, got from it. Like people love the book, but they're like eight years, Megan, really? Did you have to do eight years? And I think it's so freaking funny. Like I, I just, I think it's so funny. So, um, in one of my other books, I had a character who was talking about, you know, some like movie or something. And they're like, you know, at least they didn't make the people wait like eight years for them to like (laughs) back together or something like that, like peer torture. Like I'll see things about my other books, um, in my current stuff. And I just think it's fun because then readers will send me screenshots, like laughing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So just enjoyable yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a gig, it's a job, but you have to enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise it becomes mundane and then your books become mundane. And then we you know, like, well, what happened? What's going on? And yeah, <laughs> so, so it, it's good that you have this fun too. And I mean, in your reader group is, is, is awesome too. Um, they all talking about your books, you'll pop in and give us some of these goodies um, and inserts and it's, it's, it's a fun time. So yeah, those yeah, readers are awesome. And they're, they're, they're good in there. We try to keep it as I'm so worried about Facebook being, <laughs> excuse me, being like taking down my group. Cause there's like something naughty in there. So like try to keep things, you know, PG as possible, <laughs> but, um, sometimes cause well, we have like approved posts. Sometimes yeah. someone will try to slip something in there and I want to like message them and be like, this is hilarious and I love it, but I'm afraid Facebook will take me down. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that you take the time to even do that is still yeah. a connection with the, with the, the reader and the fan. And that you're letting them know that you actually enjoy the shit out of this thing. But, you know, we got to yeah. keep it because, you know, we and if we want to keep our playground, we got to keep it clean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that, exactly. that, valid, that conversation right there, she, I, I can guarantee you she was not. They were not mad at all. They were like, no worries. <laughs> yeah. It's those little things that when the authors and even the narrators um, interact with the, the fans and the listeners and the readers, um, it's just like they get so tickled. I mean, I've gotten DMs from front from you know friends that are I'm like, oh my God, so and so followed me. Oh my God, so and so like my post. Oh my God, they said that the review was great. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not jaded or anything like that because I still love everything and I get I still get that feeling like, oh my God, they're following me. Damn right. Right. <laughs> but when I get those interactions with its authors, knowing that you guys are also very busy. You guys have a bunch of things going on, plus life in general. I mean, you have also two little kids as well, as far from everything else that you're doing. And (sighs) the idea of having those two little ones and then having to balance everything out is, um, and the, but then to take the time to let that reader know, say, I love it. It's hilarious, but we can't, that's like golden. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'll usually try to like respond to people because I'll do 20 minute writing sessions and on my breaks, which are usually 10 minutes, I'll try to respond to people. And sometimes it's just like a quick tap of a, of a heart. And sometimes I'm able to like, you know, say a thank you, but I try to at least say something, you know, if someone messages me or something like that. Um, I think, I think it's, an, I think it's important. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's so many different ways Like I, uh, I've even come up with like codes with some of my friends. I'm like, listen, if I don't write back, it's because I'm busy, but if I heard it, it means I saw it and I love you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just because sometimes, or what I sometimes do, I leave it as unread because I don't want to forget it. But then I did I, that. Yeah. But then the other person saying, what the fuck, Viv, why aren't you reading my stuff? And I'm like, damn it. You know, so it's like <laughs> double-edged sword. Um, so that's why I'm like, okay, uh, I'm do this and yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But even with me, I mean, I'll like, do I, that. Like, mm-hmm. no, sorry, go on. I was going to say, even with me, you like, I've, I've sent you quick, like, you've got email. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she had it. Okay. She's like, yeah. good. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it can be crazy sometimes. Like, I'll get a long message from a reader sometimes and I'll read it and then I'll mark it as unread so that I can like go back and remind myself to answer. Cause I don't have the time at that moment. Um, you know, cause I could be in the midst of doing whatever, but yeah, I, unread is probably one of my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately some of the other platforms don't allow that, but when I, when I've, I've been able to use it, I do. Yeah. Same thing with my email sometimes so I'll start them and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, writing in rom-coms and contemporary romance that's the the genre but a lot of people now seem to be more about the tropes whether that's friends to lovers enemies to lovers office romance billionaires of the wazoo um <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite type of trope to write and why um i would probably have to say enemies to lovers i love a good just nagging each other. <laughs> I, think, I think it's so much fun. Um, and I like that explosive moment when they finally like, you know, they've been at each other's throats and then they finally give in to this attraction that they have. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much that you can work with it. I write enemies to lovers probably far too much than I should, but um, gosh, it's just one of my absolute favorites. I, and I enjoy it so much in sports romance just because sports is you know, big in my life. But if I write too much sports in a row, I get real sick of it. (laughs) So like readers will be like, um, like I just started this hockey, like, I don't, I don't really call them series because you could read them as standalones, but if we want to call it a series, just to call it that I started one and I released one in September of last year. And then I released the most recent one in April. And there's five guys like within the story, the two stories. And so I've knocked off two and people are like, do we get the third one? Like next month? And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> haven't even written it. I need to like mentally prepare myself. <laughs> it's just sometimes like sports gets monotonous because it's the same. Yeah. It's the same job, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, this is what there's restrictions as to what you can do unless you put them during the off season. But sometimes the off season can be you know, boring. Cause then it's not really sports romance. Is it, you know, I mean, I guess it is because the guy plays the sport, mm-hmm. but, um, it's just kind of the, and I schedule really bothers me. There's things that when I'm writing that I don't care for, and it's a schedule, like having to know what day it is that I'm writing in. Cause you know, heaven forbid the guy has an off day or he has a game or something <laughs> or, um, an animal, like a dog or a cat, mm-hmm. you know, cats are a little bit easier, but dogs, it's like, Oh my God, you can't forget to let the dog out. Um, <laughs> and children, children is 
it's very rare, very, very rare that I write a child in a book just because like taking care of my own is hard enough, but like to have to fictionally take care of a child as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too hard. And like my author friends are like, Megan, you're missing out on a great trope of single dad romance. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> just like, it's too tiresome. Like mm-hmm. who's taking care of the kid while they're doing it on the kitchen Island. Like who has the kid? you know, it's mm-hmm. just too much, too much to work out. Or if like, there's no spontaneity, you know, especially if the kid's young, it's like, yeah. you have to either do it while they're at school or they can't just do it whenever they want to it's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, my God, when you mentioned the dog and like, when does he go out? It's amazing how many books I've read that that doesn't even come up. But you're right. I, as, a, as a dog owner, I'm like, hey, when did you feed him? <laughs> you were at her house the entire oh time. <laughs> I know, right? I, I wrote a dog and it's like I said, it's very rare. But the character that I wrote um, was loved animals. And it's the change. The book is the change up and they're best friends. And like she gets a new job and he's like, you can stay with me until they become roommates. And then she like her job is like taking care of shelter dogs. So then she brings home a shelter dog and he starts to fall in love with the shelter dog. But I was like, you know, every time they went to bed, I was like, and I take the dog out. Like, cause I feel like if you don't say it, readers wonder, like, is this dog abuse? <laughs> is it still alive? Did you feed him? Yeah. Or where is he sleeping? Is he sleeping outside in the living room or do you have him in the bed with you? You know, is yeah. he watching them while they do it? Like, <laughs> God. It's something that does come up in conversations with mm-hmm. dog owners. I'm like, I don't like it when they stare at me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's too many complications. No dogs, no kids. No kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also why you're a cleanse, you know, palate cleanser, because there's always that right. trope of, like you were saying, there's a single dad or the single mom. Um, and then there's some of this other stuff like that. They are the dog lovers or the grooms, or there's someone babysitting, whatever with the kids, um, (laughs) the nanny. (laughs) So the idea that you don't do that is like, okay, I don't want to read about kids or dogs. Boom. Making book. So it works (laughs) out. It totally works out. I'll put that. I'll put that under my palate cleanser mint. (laughs) Does not write dogs or kids. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, yeah, that too. But at the same time, I think also sometimes as a reader, we try to read as an escape. And if you're a parent, the last thing you want to do is have a child in the book as well. You know what I mean? To worry about. Because I think we end up worrying about someone else's kids all the time. You're like, why am I worrying about this fictional kid? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we do have the fictional boyfriend. So it's very plausible. It's true. That's that's Mm -hmm. tough enough because they make stupid decisions. So you know, yeah. the good old <laughs> days of throwing the book across the room and having it be a paperback and not get damaged are gone now with, you know, devices. I'm like, I'm not throwing my phone across the room because they, he made a stupid decision. Just throw it into the couch. That's true. That is true. Good idea. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good one. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, they're fun. Guys are the, the, the hero. Sometimes what you guys write, I'm like, dude, really? Wow. Okay. But yeah. Listen, I will tell you right now that <laughs> I will write characters based off of people I know. Oh. And I've, some people are like, there's no one like this. And I'm like, I promise you, I promise you there's a human being exactly like this character. <laughs> like, oh my I try to be as relatable as possible. Um, just because I, 
I think it's more funny. That's how you, that's yeah. like part of the comedic part because when you re- read someone and you can relate to knowing someone like that, you're like, Oh gosh, nailed it. Like that's so like a person I know. So I try to be as relatable as possible. Yeah. No, we, we like finding those little quirks in there. And cause a lot of times we're like, Oh, there's not a man out there like that, you know, but to have that <laughs> character that's, you know, is eating pizza as even, and doesn't notice you because you're the best friend. I'm like, yeah, I've been there, done that. He's my husband now, but yeah, they yeah. were like that first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I went right. from getting all glammed up to go into that because there was an office romance. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I might, this goes under multiple tropes. It was an office romance. I was the front desk receptionist. He was an academic advisor. So teacher student kind of a thing. Um, and yeah, and I was like, who's you be, you know, and everything. And I started getting all glammed up and everything did not notice a damn thing. And it got to the point where we're like, just chilling. I'm like in sweatpants and my hair in a bun. And that's when he decides to like, Hey, do you want to come over and check out my CD collection? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, I guess this works. (laughs) So having that relatability (laughs) is really good. (laughs) I was saying, oh yeah, I guess someone like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What's your favorite type of scene to write? I know that you mentioned about you know the happily ever after being a favorite part, but is there a particular type of scene, whether it's a fighting one or the when the first time that they get intimate, do you have a type of favorite scene? It, it depends on the mood, honestly. It depends on how I'm feeling in the moment. Sometimes I absolutely love writing sex scenes, and then you'll see that I write like five in a row, and you're like, "Whoa, what was Megan doing? <laughs> What's going on?" Um, I would say probably almost every single book. I love the the fight. I love the breakup, you know, and sometimes I'll really just draw it out and take my time and relish in the moment. (laughs) Um, But, and then sometimes it's comedic scenes, you know, it just depends. I get nervous with comedy sometimes because of the fact that comedy can be so subjective and some people might not find it funny and other people's people might think it's freaking hilarious. And so those scenes are the ones that I take my extra time editing to really draw it out, to make sure that if I read it four times in a row, I'm laughing every single time. Um, so those ones are probably the hardest. I would say they're, they're the hardest, just, you know, there's just so, I I'm so particular about it, but, uh, the fight scene, Ooh, you can, throw jabs and it doesn't matter yeah um <laughs> probably that probably probably the fight for sure <laughs> I, I do love it when there's good banter and the, the fight and they say something and you're like how dare you you know those moments and because in oh, real yeah, life gasped yeah yeah in real life I come up with the really good comeback after the argument <laughs> oh yeah I'm that person too yeah. I, I am definitely that person too Stephanie and I what did we watch I don't know. God, we watched something the other day. It's going to come to me later. But um, we were watching something and someone had, oh, it was This Is Us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I don't, I don't want to do any spoilers for whoever hasn't watched, like who isn't up to date. But there's this one fight scene and the the shade that is thrown and the insult. Oh, I clapped at one point because I was like that is harsh but I liked it (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes I think there's something wrong with me (laughs) (laughs) well I think it's it's that moment of 
the release of letting it out, what you've been thinking, what you've been feeling or how you've been feeling. And sometimes we're not able to do that based, you know, fill in the blanks, whether it's, you don't, you, you don't think you can, or that they'll, they'll leave, but when you break, you break and it's harsh sometimes, but sometimes it needs to be said and calling people yeah. out on their bad behavior is important because it holds them accountable. It's not a bully move. It's holding them accountable for their, you know, what they've done or said. And also, as long as it's not directed at you, you can clap all you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was, uh, it was very, Ooh, I was like, that is harsh, but way to not hold back. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you've got to let it out. You might as well get it over with mm-hmm. and get it done versus having to then try to get the relationship back to where it was or try to fix it. And then by the way, that one thing I didn't mention is going to loom over us for a while, you know? So it's, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have been writing for a while. What made you decide um, to go in to have your titles be in audio? Um, honestly, I didn't really think much of it. <laughs> and then I was in an author group and they're like, oh, audio is doing great. And I was like, what? Is this something I'm not doing? And I started doing audio a little bit with my agent and I kind of went back and forth and I noticed I wasn't reaching as many readers as I wanted to. And so, um, I actually spoke of Lauren Blakely and she's the one who really got me serious about it. And, um, she's been like a godsend, but she, she really helped me and Taught me the ways. Oh, geez, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. It's fine. <laughs> like banged my elbow. Oh. Um, <laughs> so loud. Um, <laughs> but um, she's the one who kind of like taught me the ways, and you know, we kind of grew serious from there and grown the reader, their listenership so much in the past year. And you know, it's really exciting because it's a different way for people to experience my book. And you know, I. You can either choose ebook or paperback now or audio. You could do all three. And I like, I like that it kind of brings the book to life, especially if this last one that I did, um, those three little words, which released in April. And we had Kelsey Navarro and Teddy Hamilton do a duet narration. And it was my first, it was my first duet. And cause like, I wasn't paying attention to audio as much. And then I listened to a sample at one point and and frankly, I know I should probably listen to my audio, but it makes me uncomfortable because I wrote it yeah. and I like some, some authors can listen to their stuff and be totally great. Like, I feel like if my book ever becomes a movie, I'll be the person in the back of their hand over their like eyes, just being like, Oh my God, Oh my God, I got just be, it's like, I don't know. I wrote it and I feel like weird. And so, um, I was listening to it and I can't remember who was narrating, but the girls started talking like a guy and I was like, what, what is this? And then I like asked about it and I realized that dual and duet are different. And I was like, what on earth? So then <laughs> I was like, well, I need to do duet because that's obviously better. And um, so many, so many readers have messaged me and they're like, Megan, please don't ever go back. Please always <laughs> do duet. And I was like, okay, noted. <laughs> and like, granted, I can't control what my publisher does. So, you know, whatever they do with, with narration is, is on them. But um, when it comes to my indie stuff, it will be duet. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, def- it's, a, it's a bit more expensive because you're, you know, there's more time spent across and editing and stuff like that. But when 
you get it good, you get it good. And the listeners are loving duet. And I think it leans very well towards your type of writing because it is, you know, a romantic comedy and there is some of that banter and stuff like that. When you have two people trying to interrupt each other, it's a little hard to do when you're talking by yourself. You know, yeah. different acts, you know, even if it's different tones or anything, but to have that the heroine and the hero literally bantering at each other and almost cutting each other off and, and but, 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 uh, you know, it's just like that's, that's like yeah. watching a movie. You're like, that's even better. So yeah, I'm a huge yeah. fan of it. I think yeah. it's I think it's more of an experience, honestly. Yeah. And if I can give my readers the best experience possible, then that's what I'm gonna do. So once I figured that out, and let me tell you, when I say I was completely just uneducated about audio for the longest time, it's true. I really was. And, you know, bad on me for not stepping up when I probably should have, but I've also had a lot of things going on. And so um, learning from Lauren, I've learned, I've just learned so much and I'm so appreciative of her taking her time to, to talk to me and help me understand the importance and now it's like, I get it, you know, readers need that kind of experience. And I've, I've heard the audio and the duet and I'm like, oh my God, I can see why people love this so much. It, it's a, it's a completely di- different demographic when I've spoken to authors that have not done audio and have good, really good sales. Their main concern is that they're going to lose readership. And I'm like, no, no, no. People will still buy the book that are readers and those that are listeners are not going to come into your camp and are going to want to, because you now have this stuff available. There's been so many times where I've been wanting to and dying to read a book, but life is busy. Life is crazy. So I'm like, Oh, I just got the audio. Oh, fuck me. It's not an audio. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, dang. And then I don't read the book because that, you know, stuff is happening. Uh, it's definitely a, a, a different def- demographic. And it's one that I always, tell authors that it's important and even in the, even the marketing of it and sharing it, the information with your list, your readers, because they have friends that are listeners that are not readers and then they can recommend your book and go from there. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those, um, those three little words when it's duet, it's really awesome. And you've had, I mean, you got like 50 books according to audible out here in, in, in audio. So you're doing good. You're doing really good. <laughs> Some of them are through other publishers, but like I sold the rights to some of them are through me. It just depends on what I was feeling. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a lot moment. of work. So it is, it is a lot of work. And um, it took me a very long time to release audio simultaneously. And that was the biggest thing, you know? And so I really had to work hard because I have to turn it in like eight weeks prior to release And so, but then like I take about six weeks of edits with my editors and stuff like that. So I'm writing books like far in advance, you know, to, to make sure I hit these deadlines. And it took me a while to get to the point where, you know, I'm writing because I released about, I released five indie books a year and then two books with um, Montlake, my publisher. So it took me a while to kind of maneuver my schedule around so that I could get it to the point where I was doing simultaneous releases. Yeah. And that's not even, and that's just the writing of the story and getting it to the the hands of the producers or the publishers um, for the audio. But even then the whole booking of the cast, you know, of the the narrators, they get full up to, you know, months in advance. And some of these uh, individuals are, I think they're almost booked up till like March of next year already. And I'm like, damn, 
So you got to have to schedule all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you get lucky and someone's like, oh, an author dropped me. I have a, I have space. Yeah. You know, but we're, we're, we're booked through, we're booked through the end of the year at this point. And so we should probably start thinking about, about January, but yeah, we're, we're booked through the end of the year. Do you like using the same narrators over and over again because the fans like them? Or do you also like to spice things up and throw in a new one here and there? It depends on the character, honestly. It depends on, is the is the character like more quirky? You know, I would probably like lean more towards like Kelsey Navarro in, in that instance, you know, or is the guy like super serious and, <laughs> you know, It'd probably be more of like a Jason Clark type character. And it also depends on who's, if there's an accent involved, you know, or if um, who's available. (laughs) So um, the hardest thing for me when scheduling is that I like to fly by the seat of my pants on what I'm writing. I just know when I'm releasing a book and like audio is like, what's the book called? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I don't know what I'm writing yet. <laughs> and so I have to like be very careful about who I book and pay attention to who I book and, and what I need to write to fit that like narrator. So, um, but you know, I'm excited about who we have coming up for the rest of the year. Good. Yeah, we're always um, uh, pins and needles on like when the next book's coming out. You're like, we know something's coming because it's been announced, it's shared. And then we, mm-hmm. we sometimes get the book covers first or we get the blurb or an idea of what's coming on and or a trope or whatever. And the rest of us are like, but who's narrating it? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and, and some of you guys are uh, as authors um, are mean little suckers and they make us wait. <laughs> or, or they too. I was you know i was very mean about my april release not with who was narrating but who the book was about and i didn't release it until I, until the cover reveal and i kept having readers try to guess who like the second hockey book was going to be about and i said like the person got um his teammate's sister pregnant and i was like who is it who is it and they had four people to choose from and mm-hmm. i never said who it was and they just kept <laughs> guessing and it was a lot of fun on my end because I like I like torture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I thought that's exciting, but maybe I should do the whole surprise narrator thing now. You got me mm-hmm. got me thinking. <laughs> it's it's fun because we all have our favorites, but at the same time, many of us also like, a, a, like you know, again, palate cleansing um, and then get a new narrator. Um, and also just to discover someone new to is always great. Um, I know that I have fun casting because someone will, an author will come to me and say, I want Sebastian York. And I'm like, right. Let me check. I already know the answer is he's booked to like two years out for an example. I'm mean, probably exaggerating, but I, I check he's not available. So now the game becomes, what are the qualities of Sebastian York that you wanted and how can I find it in someone else? And it's like fun. It's so much fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you've had him as one of your narrators. You've had a, a bunch of them that are different and some that come back. And it's, you know, we have our fan favorites. And then we're also like, ooh, who is she going to bring on next? Because then we get excited about how that character is going to be portrayed. You know? So. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think it's also interesting, like, who you pair people with. 
And I remember, um, I won't say who, but there I had a higher top name for a narrator for a guy. And he has like a certain rate. And the girl came back and said, would you match his rate? And I said, a hundred percent, because I really think that, you know, the male voice is important, but I also think that the female voice is important, especially in my books, because the female usually carries a lot of the comedic parts. So um, I think it's, I think that's totally important. And, you know, I think sometimes we can get caught up on, on, you know, what male, male narrator we have going on. Um, gosh, I honestly think that sometimes the female narrators are the ones carrying some of my books, not all of them, obviously, at least carrying some of the comedic like timing and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just, it's just as important and as the guy like breathing heavily and making like sexy sounds. I mean, I appreciate it. (laughs) I I know (laughs) they do such a good job and I appreciate it so much. Yeah. I will say that, um, the girls unfortunately, um, get, place to the side many times in this community um, because most, you know, most of the, not that it's an excuse or anything or a reason, I don't agree with it, but it happens to be that the majority of the listeners are, you know, cis straight women and they gravitate more to the men. But I do know for a fact that the women do a lot more of the work behind the scenes in the curtain many times, Um, whether it's via the emails where it's, you know, getting some of the schedules together. They are also some of the producers of the books, if especially was for the indie authors and even mm-hmm. some of the marketing, when it comes right down to it, the girls are rocking it a lot better than some of the guys. But everybody's like, oh, yeah. my God, oh, my God, the guy, oh, my God, the guy. And I'm like, um, it's co, it's co-narrated, fucker. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't had an, a, a bad experience, Good. thankfully, with, with like any of the narrators. I think they've all been amazing. Um, but when I had that question asked me, I was like, oh. 100%. Why wouldn't I pay you the same? So, I'm glad that they um, asked. I, yeah, I'm glad that they asked too. I think it's important um, to kind of shoot your shot. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Um, but oh, they did such a, they, they did a good job together. And um, I, I do, I do understand the appeal for the male voice because when I'm writing a book, I will, I will write things in there knowing that it's going to be an audio and I, you know, I want that, that male narrator to like send chills up a reader or a listener's spine. You know, I think that's so important because that connection women put themselves in that place sometimes, you know, as, as almost the female character in the book. So, you know, they are very much important when it comes to telling the story. You know, I think, especially if it's something like maybe like a mafia or like a dark romance, you know, but since I write romantic comedies, <laughs> it's usually the girl who's like, bumbling about and and the guy's just sitting there being like what on earth is this (laughs) and the girl is like just like almost like a me and Steph kind of like relationship (laughs) so um yeah he's turning that annoying girl (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah no it's it's a great community and I mean that conversation about the pay and having it be equal has come up a lot um and about some a huge proponent of you know, if, if you tell, if I ask you what your rate is and that's what you tell me, I'm, you know, that's what I'm going to pay you. Um, and then if he happens to be a higher rate, I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to pay. Mm-hmm. That's what he told me. So at the same time, I, I know some of the responsibility falls on us to match it, but at the same time I'm going, girl, you guys be good for yourself. And 
ask for that higher rate, you know, it's but to, to be matched and things like that. So I'm glad that people are starting to do that as well. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love that you write that that was going to be one of my questions, but you answered it about if your writing style now has changed a bit now that you're doing audio for it. And you mentioned that you purposely write some stuff knowing that, you know, it's going to be an audio. Have you removed some of the, most of their, your tags too, right? Most of my tags. Yeah. You know, that she oh, said, like he she said, said, yeah, it, it depends. It depends on how quick the banter is, how, um, it just, it honestly depends on the scene. Cause sometimes when I'm editing it, I'll get lost. And so like, I do try to gear towards audio. So that has like a smoother sound to it, but I also need to think about, about the, you know, the reader and you can get confused quite quickly, especially with how fast my, my characters will go back and forth. So I try to do like a happy medium between the two. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, Megan, you don't need that. You know, it might be like a little too garbly for, for audio. So it just, it, it depends. I try to cater toward, toward both. Yeah. And that's important. And I think, cause you don't ever want anybody to be like, wait, what just happened? Who said what? And because mm-hmm. it, it ruins the flow of the story and it kind of takes the the reader out of it. But I also realized that when it comes down to like, like, a good example, like text messaging in audio, we go, well, there, let's start with the book. It tells you who's the one typing because you have no way of knowing otherwise. Yeah. Because it's just text on a paper. This is words. Yeah. But when it goes to audio, you don't have to say Rebecca, blah, 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 blah. Anthony, blah, 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 mm-hmm. Rebecca. And I'm like, I got it. <laughs> right. So there's those little tweaks that you can do that. I think authors are starting to learn more as they spend more time in audiobook world that they're like, okay, we can do that and change it a little bit for the audio and not lose and get anybody lost in reading the book. Yeah. So, yeah. Things that we learn as we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I'm learning all the time, even with this stuff with the podcast, I've been doing it for eight years and I'm like, oh, that's what that button is. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of getting to know you kind of questions. When you're not working, what do you do for fun? I'm usually hanging out with my family. I've started, I've started baking, trying new, new, I've always been a baker, but trying things that I never would try before. Like I made bagels, which turned out really super flat. And, um, I made this one like bread thing and with Nutella and that came out really good, but, um, it's usually if I'm doing anything, it's honestly hanging out with, with my family. It's important, you know, mm-hmm. and I love that you're trying new recipes. I think sometimes I know I do tend to stick to the same things I know. And then I'm like, I'm going to be adventurous and I'm going to do a baklava. And yeah. then I, and I, it comes out great, but then I also remember the amount of work it went into. So I'm not going to do it all the time. <laughs> it's yeah, okay exactly. Buy <laughs> <a name. laughs> yeah. What's your favorite holiday and why? Uh, favorite holiday. I would probably say the, the like, <laughs> our oh, birthday. Um, no, <laughs> I do love a planted tree. Um, no, I probably say Christmas just because I have so many good memories around it. Um, and like we have young kids right now, so it just makes it a little bit more magical. Yeah, they do do that, don't they? Oh, mm-hmm. It's when they get older then you're like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Get down here. Get out of your room. Time to open presents. Exactly. And like before you like, you had to tell them to stay in the room. <laughs> and now it's like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um what are some of your favorite snacks okay uh (laughs) 
Most recently, Dots Pretzels, I had a reader send me like a, a lovely care package in from North Dakota. And there was Dots Pretzels in there and I've never heard of them before. And uh, I was like, what's this? And I opened the bag and I took a bite and I was like, oh my God, like unicorns started dancing around <laughs> and music played and it was the most euphoric experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I made it known. And the, the last sighting was that a reader brought me three two pound bags of dots. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh my God. So I love those. And I also am a sucker for gummy worms, sour hmm. gummy worms. Oof, I love a good sour. So good. <laughs> yeah. Some people are more about the sweets. Others are about the sour and it's amazing how the different textures even affect the flavor Yeah, you know, when it comes down to some of the candy, but yeah. So now we know what um, to have handy if we're hanging out with you. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to lure me in, just like wiggle a gummy worm at me and I'll yeah. come running by. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You mentioned music um, and, you know, dancing unicorns when you came down to the snacks, but Sometimes that our, that song comes up, whether it's at a grocery store or when you're at Target um, or in the car. Um, what song do you have to sing along with when it comes on? Um, so Stephanie is infatuated with Whitney Houston. Like she thinks that she is the best thing that's ever happened. And I I had like a Whitney Houston song like when I was, you know, young or whatever or it's not song but cd when i was younger but i wasn't like a huge fan like i liked her music but being a staff it's like every freaking day our son's like alexa play whitney houston so it's it's gotten to the point now where it's like ingrained in my head and the rule with stephanie is that whitney is allowed to sing no one else oh. and <laughs> i know where this is going <laughs> i just can't help myself <laughs> when um when songs come on when her songs come on and I just I have known them I know them so much now that I will start singing along and singing along horribly and I can't stop it it is and even Steph told me don't like she like yells at me don't do it and it just happens like I can't I can't stop and um it's yeah so that's cute. probably that's probably <laughs> it she'll love and hate that answer yeah. <laughs> yes, because you thought of her, but seriously, leave her Whitney alone, right? I know. She'll probably be like, haha, I got you. I've played Whitney enough. Mm -hmm. And you turn and around and go, like, aha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not singing it. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. So, you guys are so cute and adorable. I love it. You work with words <laughs> all the time. You. You're welcome. <laughs> you work with words all day long. Um, and that's obviously part of our, you know, how we communicate and things like that. What's your favorite word? Not curse word, but a favorite word. Uh, my favorite word to write apparently is little, according <laughs> to my editor. <laughs> and she said it so many times now that I'm self-conscious about saying little. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Oh, oh, let's do some, something sentimental. My favorite word is mommy. Aww. So the kids call me Steph is mama. I'm mommy. So mm -hmm. there you have it. <laughs> yeah, that's a very nice word. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's a, I will say that it's, it's one of the things I remember Cheris calling my mom, mommy. And then as I got older, it became mom, mother, when I was mad. <laughs> I do the mother too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
like yes mother <laughs> it's mom or mom I'm like no mother <laughs> no I'm mad I'll do that all, all the time I'll do that to my mom all the time and she mm-hmm. just rolls her eyes <laughs> yeah she know well, at this point she's like oh Megan seriously right <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've had a great time talking to you, but before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you that you can't share? So what's coming up next is June 7th. I have released. It's going to be, so Anastomy Cute came out and um, Huxley has two brothers, JP and Breaker. So June 7th book is going to be JP's book and it's called So Not Meant to Be. And then I have a book coming out in August called Royally Not Ready. It'll probably be my one and only royal book. But I love it so much because the girl, it's like a grown-up princess diary sort of. And the guy that she falls for is the guy who's trying to like train her. Um, But he is a dom. And it's just super like super sexy um, within this like royal romance type setting. And so I think it's unique and different and um, hopefully, hopefully people like it. So those are my two things coming up. Um, Since this is going to be released in June, Mm -hmm. um, I can talk about something that has been super top secret. Um, But um, moving forward from here on out, I will have illustrated collections for each of my new releases, meaning that when you go to choose how you want to read, listen to my book, you can choose ebook, you can choose audio, you can choose paperback, or you can choose hardback, which will have um, over 30 illustrations in the book that portray the characters and different scenes, fun scenes. Um, so you can kind of have a whole new experience when reading a romance. That you know, so it's kind of like the cute. grown up. The grown-up illustrated book. Um, and oh boy, these some of these sex scenes, like I never show anything private because I was like I was talking to my illustrator, I was like, let's not do porn here. Um <laughs> but he covers everything up to the point where it's like almost sexier. Yeah. So um, oh, I can't wait for people. My first one um comes out May 23rd and not so meet cute. And then the second one will come out with release on June 7th of So Not Meant to Be. Mm-hmm. And then we're working on my teacher series, getting that one illustrated. And we're going to have a new experience readers. And I can't wait. And you're the first person I'm telling. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But that is so <laughs> awesome. I, I know that, you know, we're always imagining what the characters look like or what that scene may have been like to be if you were like a fly in the wall. And that's mm-hmm. awesome. And I love that it's on the heart on, on, on the hardcover too it's a yeah it's a different experience you know yeah the reason for that is because you can really only have one paperback and so I I wanted people to have the choice and so I went into hardback for the illustrated so I can't I can't wait it's so glorious (laughs) (laughs) are you doing library binding or are you doing uh the cover flats for your hardcovers not the library binding okay got it those are always fun too, but I know they're a bit more expensive. Um, those are definitely good for like special edition box sets and stuff like that, you know, for releases. Yeah. But no, that is awesome. I cannot wait. I like hardcovers mm-hmm. too, but that's an extra like <laughs> oomph for getting it, you know? 
Exactly. And I Leanne, love- do you want to hear the do you want to hear one of the best parts? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go Let's ahead. Have- We've taken the actual covers. Mm-hmm. So like the cover of a not so meet cute and my illustrator illustrated it. <gasps> so it looks like the same cover. Um, the colors are a little bit different, but um, it looks like this in cover, but like the guy who's my cover model, he's illustrated on the front, just like the character in the book. And it's, oh, it's so perfect. So I can't wait for people to see <laughs> I it. I love that you're so excited about it too. It's, it's, you know, contagious and infectious is awesome. I'm legit frothing at the mouth. So I, I cannot wait for people to grab these. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I cannot wait to, yeah, that's going to be a fun, um, conversation with the readers too. Um, and the listeners, because I know that mm-hmm. like even the listeners, people automatically think that they only get the audiobook, but they will also buy the physical copy of the book, um, because they want to have something they loved it that much. Like I'm one of those too. Um, but when there's special editions like this, that you get a little extra something. Oh yeah, baby. That's gonna be I know like hotcakes. And like <laughs> with and then not so many cute. There's over 30 illustrations, but I think with so not meant to be, I think there's probably gonna be closer to 40 just because the chapters are long. And I wanted to, there's multiple scenes in a chapter and good scenes that I was like, oh, this deserves an illustration. And so um, and I actually when I got the final files for a not so meet cute. I was going through them. I was like, no, oh, there's not enough illustrations. So I added six more. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just wanted to be such a great, such a great uh, reading experience mm-hmm. and for readers to be excited about this and to look at the pictures and be like, oh my gosh, like this is so amazing. And um, especially in a not so me cute, one of my favorite scenes is they're at this baby like class or whatever. And the fake baby that they have is missing an eye and it's kind of creepy and <laughs> it froze up on the character and um oh god she, I had the illustrator illustrate that and it made me snort so hard because he did such a good job the baby is so it's like what nightmares are made of mm-hmm. and like it's just puking all over her it's so it's so perfect so I can't wait oh my goodness oh that's awesome that is so awesome um I just realized that I did not ask you because I guess you threw me off a little bit with your favorite word, what your favorite curse word was. Well, it's easily fuck. I mean, I feel like that's everybody's for the most part. My dad would say shit. My dad says shit a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it have to be, I, I use it too much, even from a kid. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. I went through that trying to be the the good example. Not that it's a bad example, but just try not to bring in the bad words and, you know, at a younger age. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting so stressed out trying to find a different word to express myself when something came up that I needed to use a word for it. I'm like, baloney wasn't cutting it when I was meant to say bullshit, you know, and fudge wasn't yeah. cutting it when I'm like, fuck. And right. I've, and then I realized they're going to hear significantly worse when, the, you know, in with their friends, I'm sure they talk about it. And then one time I saw his text messages and I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't curse around us at all. And it's very, you know, he does not use any of those words. But when he's typing that stuff out, I'm like, I don't feel bad. I'm good. I'm good. So from a younger yeah. age, I'm like, I'm going to teach you how to properly use fuck as a verb and not an adjective and a pronoun. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you, Megan, for taking part of, in this year's audiobook loving series. It's been so much fun catching up with you and getting to know you better. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me.
It's a full delight. Everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this chat as well as the series. Make sure to follow uh, Megan on social media. And if you're not, I will be providing you with all the links so you have no excuse. Um, over <laughs> at <laughs> Audiobook Loving Page, over at Viviana Enchantress of Books. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you for joining us in the Audiobook Loving series, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program 